WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. In, ladies and gentlemen, to the low tide here on 90.7 The Caps. And we got a special start time this week. Uh, we're moved up an hour due to our Grammys coverage that will be coming up right after us. Uh, Nicholas, Joe, Adam, uh, how are we doing? Uh, it's good. It's good. It's The weather's not quite there today, but, you know, I'll, I'll take it. We're back, uh, all three of us, after I missed last week. So happy to just be back. Yeah, I'm good. You know, another weekend of traveling with Adapted Athletics. And uh, I do want to point out that Joe has showed up with an Orioles hoodie on, already moved past the Ravens' defeat. He has moved on to next baseball season. They did just get a big uh, pickup, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They just traded for uh, Corbin Burns from the Brewers. So I'm pretty psyched. But this is also, like, one of the only – like, my rain jacket uh, still had to be washed from – I don't know, a week ago or something, and uh, this was one of the only things I kept kind of the water uh, at bay, so. Yeah, true. It's a very rainy night here in Tuscaloosa, and hopefully it's not rainy wherever you're joining us from on the Live 365 or TuneIn app. Got to get the quick plug. Uh, So we'll start this week with Tide Hoops, obviously. Um, We'll go in chronological order, I guess. Alabama traveled to Georgia. At one point, they're down 16 in this game. It looks like it's going to be an absolute disaster, uh, similar to, I believe it was a few years prior uh, that Alabama had had some struggles with Georgia. But, yeah, um, Jay, you want to break this one down for us? Yeah, yeah. It was, um, well, as uh, the old, I'm blanking on his name, the old Alabama basketball coach, uh, uh, Avery Johnson. Yeah, Avery Johnson. That's who it was. Avery Johnson was. It was a game of two halves. Uh, Alabama was down by 16, went into halftime trailing 41 to 27. And, um, I mean, it was just a, an all-around terrible, terrible half for Alabama. Um, you know, they only shot uh, – or they only made two threes, was two of 11 from deep, uh, one for four from free throw under – uh, you know, kind of 43% from the field. And on the flip side, Georgia was 7 of 13 from 3, uh, essentially making uh, anything they wanted, really. Everything was going down. And, um, you know, Alabama just – it was just a really problematic half. It's not like – you know, maybe the the performance wasn't too dissimilar in that first half to what we saw against, uh, you know, Tennessee and Knoxville a couple weeks ago in that kind of really – big loss uh, for Alabama but then like you said in the second round they turned it or second half they turned it around uh, scored 58 points in the second half um, shot 50% from three over 60% from the field and uh, held Georgia to only four three-point attempts they didn't make any uh, under 45% from the field and yeah at the end they kind of ran away with it this was by no means a a, you know a a nine-point game um you know kind of in how it was being played but yeah i mean credit to alabama it was uh and and you know a lot of their a lot of their team you know, grant nelson had a really good game with 20 points mark sears had 23 you know he's continuing to play at i think an all-american level <laughs> of a point guard so uh, yeah it was quite a special day in athens so yeah you know i was Watching it from the comfort of my living room, and I first I was I was a little late getting to it, didn't see the start, and I turn it on, and it's nine two, mm-hmm. and I'm like, 
okay, not the best start. And then it's like, okay, well, are we going to play some defense anytime today? And then we're down 17-2. to two. I stuck with it, watched the full game, and, you know, just seeing, you know, because we had last year, right, when they played Auburn, you know, they got down 17, came back, won that game, and we hadn't really seen – this team go down like that and still be able to fight back and, and win like they've made they've made it close and they had a lot of close games um and then this one you know you, you saw them fight back and then still cover the spread <laughs> um and you know it was i really enjoyed it you know you saw some um some players kind of step up you know grant nelson you know a bunch of people had been talking about how you know he wasn't really performing how they thought he would when he transferred in and then he in that game he kind of took over in that second half um not like a scoring leader but you know he he played some really good minutes played really good on defense i think nato's even said he's probably our best like defensive uh five man right now and then after that watching their performance against mississippi state that was that was pretty impressive. that was one that they finally look like they're putting both sides of the ball together so i'm really excited for the rest of the season yeah you know really weird weird games first half they played absolutely terrible i believe for the first like eight minutes of the game they only scored two points yeah uh, which is yeah. just brutal but then i really find a way to uh, close this one out and you know come out with a win and you know they come out of this and they still only have um one conference loss uh it could have gone badly pretty easily um but you hold on to the uh lead in the sec and these are the kind of games that you have to win um over the course of the season this is a character building win uh when you have to go through a lot of adversity and you still manage to come out on the other end uh with the victory so at the end of the day a good game, a good character builder for Nate Oates and the squad. Yeah, and the, and the big thing for me, just to kind of put a bow on, on this game, was the fact that in the first half, Alabama got out-rebounded 27-7 to um, by Georgia. I mean, there was uh, just a horrific display from on the glass by, by the Crimson Tide. And then that second half, they come back, and they actually out-rebounded Georgia 19-12 to in that second half. And... It, that just kind of, uh, you know, Nate Oates has, has talked about, you know, over the, you know, over the course of the season, just how he wants his team, you know, to be tougher and more physical and kind of get the rebounds because they're not like exactly a, you know, a big team. There isn't that one big, you know, like we talked to, you know, Betty Yako or, or, you know, even Herb Jones, who was able to gather a lot of rebounds. You know, these are, this seems a little different. So any help that they can get on the rebounds, um, you know, is much needed uh, from anywhere on the court. Right. And then after this game, uh, then they take on Mississippi State here at home. And this is like a complete polar opposite type of game. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was. Although I will say the shooting was not quite there uh, last night in that, especially in the first half. Uh, You know, they were eight for 29 from three, which is under 30%. It's essentially 28%. Um, but they did, yeah. They had a, I believe it was an 18 to two run to end the half over the final five-ish minutes, and that kind of really put him ahead. Because before that, it was, you know, 29 to 22, or yeah, 29, 22 Alabama and Mississippi State was kind of clawing and fighting and scrapping, and then all of a sudden, I, I, you know, kind of talked about this during during the uh, updates. The two Mo's, Mo Diabadi and Mo Wagi, just 
were like catalysts for Alabama in that first half. Yeah, the most impressive thing, like for me, was you know you, you talked about how poorly they shot the three, and they still ended up with ninety nine points in the game. And it's just mm-hmm. kind of one of those things where it's like showing everybody, like, hey, if we hit the threes, we're good. But even if we're not, we can still put up a hundred points. And I know that was you know something that you know I had even mentioned how a lot of people say how it's live by the three, die by the three, but it's really about the ball movement and being able to get to the basket. And then if you have an open three, you're getting it out there. And they took a lot of shots. They just couldn't get a bunch of them to fall. But 99 points, impressive. And then holding them down to – what was the – I don't have the score. For, but they held them into 67. the six, 67 points. So, it's yeah. – you know, I, I was very impressed with the performance. And I'm hoping – that uh, hope, uh, shoot a little bit better, but that defensive performance and then being able to still get points carries over into a Wednesday when they go to Neville. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't – I mean, this is another type of character-building game. You know, what they often say, you know, Alabama, NATO's teams live by the three, die by the three. Clearly not true in this case. Uh, they find a way to dominate this game even when they're not uh, shooting the best from the field. Um, you know, something – Something interesting that we have to talk about, uh, and this is kind of a, a trend over the last two games, Nick Pringle, suspended mm-hmm. from the team, yes. has not has been in street clothes for the last two games. Um, are, are we worried uh, about this team without Nick Pringle? Um, I, I wouldn't maybe say that now after these last two games because um, I think he, he's a big miss in the sense that he – well, he's you know experienced, been on the team for a couple of years, has you know had a couple of really good games, um, you know down low and, and getting being kind of an interior uh, force of sorts. But you know with with the way that you know Grant Nelson's playing, I know he didn't necessarily play great offensively against Mississippi State, but um, you know had to had to guard Tolu Smith, who's a really tough player, um, kind of. Uh, held his own in the in the second half um, of that game. He also got you know five rebounds and guys that you know are stepping up from not just even the big man spot inside. I mean Aaron Estrada had eight rebounds, um, you know, in, in yesterday's game. Sam Walters at seven, uh, you know, Modi Abadi with nine. He was a rebound away from a double double. So you know, I'm not maybe as worried because it seems like it's more of a you know they don't necessarily need the one guy to rebound everything it seems like they have at any point five guys on the court that can all kind of get inside and 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 get physical right now at least well another thing okay we got to give a shout out to kai spears who Mm -hmm. came in at the very end of this game and just newly newly scholarshiped yeah exactly you love to see that uh just comes in and immediately drains a three uh hits both of his free throws gets five points in like literally a minute yeah, of game exactly. time but you gotta love that right yeah it was it was kind of nice to see over uh over the course of last week hearing that you know he was one of the guys that that got offered a scholarship and um you know it was very cool to see because he's always the guy where um you know like in these types of games he's coming in kind of later later stages of the game when you know the quote walk-ons were would come in but now he's not a walk-on so he's, yeah. he's a scholarship player so he uh nato said it in his uh post-game press conference he's a scholarship player so he's got to perform you know he's a he's got to perform when he's in there and five points in one minute's pretty good so another thing we got to quickly talk about mark sears 
not on any of the big award watch lists. Travesty. This might be the biggest snub uh, in a long time. Yeah, it's very rare that, you know, one of the leading scores in the SEC is not on one of the I think Connect is is first in in points per game in the SEC um and then Sears is second so I you know top guard in the SEC uh, it's it's a it's crazy that he's not on anything yeah neither uh the Bob Cousy or the Jerry West uh, award watch list it just you know it's it's just wild you know I think he had earned what his second SEC player of the week uh this past week Mm -hmm. um you know, I, it just does not it, – it just seems borderline disrespectful. And you've got to wonder why why you would leave um, someone who has played as well as anybody in the country this year um, off that list on a team that has performed pretty well and is leading yeah. the SEC. Yeah, well, I believe it's eight of his last nine games. Yeah, eight of his last nine games he scored over 20 points. Um and he's absolutely it, it, like he's you know obviously the best maybe scorer scorer on this team by far. But just his abilities, you know, outside of that, with you know, just kind of the other stuff, he's shooting forty five percent from three, uh, you know, fifty three percent from the field. So I just don't I don't get it. I, I I do wonder though if those early losses, you know, the Purdue's, the Arizona's, the Creighton losses, um, kind of maybe wiped Alabama basketball like kind of off the college basketball map um for a little bit and then the the Tennessee loss and kind of their big maybe not return game but but a big game for them to in the SEC as they tried to come back from from those three losses and you lose by 20 so maybe it's just a um you know there's no big you know like last year for example with like Brandon Miller and the hype around the team there just wasn't that this year so that's the only thing I can think of but still it's yeah, absurd. It's, it's absurd to think that people like say that they know ball when they don't. It, it's just wild to me. You have a guy that is one of the leading scorers in the SEC, if not in the country, mm-hmm. uh, on what Ken Palm would say is the second best offense in all of college basketball. Um, it's just a true head scratcher to me. Yeah, and just if we're. I understand, you know, where Joe's coming from. That could definitely be, you know, taking that that, uh, kind of excitement around the team because at the time, you know, they had already had, I believe, two losses going into that three-game stretch. But losing those three in a row kind of takes the air out of the – at least the national conversation of the team. Um, But if we're looking at what Mark Sears is able to do in those games against Purdue, he had 35 points. Um, And then against Creighton – he had, you know, 19, had a shot to uh, that would have tied the game that rimmed out at the very end. And then against um, Arizona, he had 12. So, like, he kind of went down over those three games. But, like, especially against Purdue, like, he was the only reason Alabama was in the game, getting 35. Yeah. And then he was still scoring in double digits as a point guard the rest of the way. So, it's like – he has not been really the problem with the team. I mean, if we want to talk about maybe – he wasn't playing the best defensively, even though well, yeah. nobody was playing defense in any of these games. But yeah. I think even with the losses around the program, um, 
he's kind of been the bright spot this season so i think he should have still been up there yeah. and we'll see if he's able to and, get like at least sec player yeah and even that one thing i mean you went to that arizona game he only had 12 points and went down he also did have six seals and six rebounds in that yeah. game uh with three assists so it's not like he had a uh a, a bad day just by not scoring and a block and a block yeah <laughs> that's true uh so yeah, I, I it, it's a travesty uh, that, like we've said, that Mark Sears is not on any of these. Well, you know, the one good thing is that you couldn't ask for a better motivation, that better fuel, yeah. um, especially as we get closer to the SEC tournament, to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, well, um, heck, I mean, even these last. Sorry to, to cut you off there, but even, I mean, you got Auburn on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got Kentucky down the road, uh, Tennessee again later in the season. So just. I mean, there's enough motivation for those games, uh, you know, alone. Yeah. So when we come back uh, here on 90.7, we're going to be talking Alabama softball. We got the season starting, what, on the 8th? Yep. So we'll have everything you need to know here on 90.7. This show is a sports production of WVUAFM 90.7, a division of student media at the University of Alabama. Support us by leaving a review, rating, or following us on X at WVUAFM Sports. Welcome back into the load side here on 90.7 The Capstone and streaming live on the live 365 and tune in apps. Ah, still working through that. Uh, at least it's better than last week when I had to run the controls. We're glad to have Joe back. Yeah. Adam's yeah, here. Uh, I'm here. Um, we're talking Alabama softball. Uh, very strange season last year. Uh, such a, such an up and down season, a true roller coaster season. Um, this is a team that had 22 losses this is the most since 1999 um, but yet this team still goes to the college world series I, such a such an interesting year last year for Alabama softball yeah and it was very interesting you know we're watching throughout the season and you're hearing all the the noise from the outside saying you know this is one of the the worst Alabama teams that Patrick Murphy's had and everything like the only bright spots Montana Fouts and stuff and then she's hurt and can barely go through uh, regionals and super regionals and then Alabama still finds a way to make the Women's College World Series and you know that might have been you know one of my favorite moments from last year when they finally sealed it to go and you just have Montana like basically crying on the field and I wish they could have made a little bit more run when they actually got out to Oklahoma City, but wasn't meant to be. And now, this year, it's like, what now? We lost what many considered the best player on the team and maybe the best player in college softball. Um, but there's uh, there's some bright spots that we'll get into in a second. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just kind of echo what you guys said. I, To be fair, I was one of those people who I was like, you know, Montana Fouts might just be it for this team. Um but like you, you know, watching them towards kind of this, uh, the last half of the season, like I knew that they were, they had talent, you know, like, and it seemed to come through in certain situations and then just kind of fall apart in, in others. So I thought on, you know, if they played their game and, and had a good day, they could beat anybody. Um, so then making it, I was surprised that they, how far they made it, but still I wasn't maybe necessarily as, as shocked as some others because I, you know, 
they they saw a pretty pretty solid roster <laughs> last year. So, but this year, like we said, very very different. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting season. A very a very different season. Obviously, you're coming off of you know most losses since 1999, but still a trip to the College World Series. Uh, even though you do uh, lose that opening game to Tennessee, and then you're eliminated by Stanford shortly thereafter. Um, the USA Today and the coaches poll has them at number 12. Uh, an, an interesting spot. Obviously, you've got um, perennial powerhouse Oklahoma up there at number one. Now, it is interesting. Should be noted, Oklahoma, Texas, not in the SEC for softball this season. I believe it's next season that they will join for softball. Um, but... You know, obviously you've got Oklahoma at one, Tennessee at two, uh, Georgia at six, LSU at 14, Arkansas at 16, Florida at 17, Auburn at 19, and Kentucky at 25. Um, so a pretty stacked SEC once again. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's 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 going to be an interesting to th- thing to see for, for Alabama this year with, um, like we said, kind of losing some of the, some of the top-end players. Just, you know, how are they going to handle – it when you know you got to play you know at georgia for three games to early in your calendar um you know going and playing you know arkansas and tennessee and, all, and just these teams that you know on you know with, with last year's squad maybe you're thinking and, and looking around and saying okay well if, you know maybe fouts pitches this game will win that one and that could set us up for for a really good weekend where now you kind of have to you kind of have to rediscover uh the, the team a little bit and, and find out who can contribute in those moments. For yeah. And, um, like, obviously, you know, you can't, you know, dance around it. You know, the, the biggest loss from last year was Montana Fouts. But what I will say, uh, Jayla Torrance returns. She's going to be mm-hmm. a senior this year. She's the one that kind of stepped up probably the most after uh, Montana was hurt late in the last season. Last season, she ended up pitching 94.1 innings, having 75 strikeouts. Um, batting average against her was only a 182. Um ERA two six seven and then but she did give up nine home runs and we kind of saw that once she was playing some more of the the top level competition but also pitching staff wise brought in two transfers um, Aaliyah Johnson um, grew up in Alabama went to LSU last year as a freshman she's coming in as a sophomore back to Alabama and then we have Kayla Beaver who was a grad student transferred from Central Arkansas and she has been named to the top 50 watch list for softball collegiate player of the year this season now just to give anybody that didn't follow her last year um, she ended up pitching 140 no that she she pitched 201 innings and had they need to work on the stat sheet it's huge um but 240 innings and a 201 innings and 194 strikeouts so maybe she's not as good as montana will be we'll have to see we'll have to see once it's a full season of sec competition um but that's really exciting you know seeing somebody who has a ton of experience one of the best and then obviously she's already being put on for you know player of the year watch list and then what most people said was lacking on Alabama's recent teams has been the offensive production. And I don't know exactly how good it's going to be. 
but with they did uh, make some new hires on the uh, the coaching staff, bringing back mm-hmm. Caleb Rod, who was obviously on that 2012 national championship team. And so she's going to be an assistant coach this year. Maybe she can kind of teach some of these players, you know, a little bit better, um, you know, hitting lessons. Um, when she was at Alabama, she finished with a batting average of 471 and had 182 stolen bases. So that's over her uh, four years. And she had, was three-time All-American. So hopefully, you know, because she hasn't been out of softball. She's been working at ESPN. Hopefully she comes in and uh, teaches these ladies how to become better hitters. Yeah, yeah, you'd love to see it. Um, so, are, are we worried? You know, because I would say the one big thing, and we've mentioned it several times, is that this team doesn't really have any superstars, right? Like you're so used to just loaded Alabama softball teams um, with the kind of uh, talent that Murphy has been able to attract here. Um, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of those names that really jump off the page to you. You mentioned a couple of them, Adam. Uh, are we worried about that? Are we worried about the fact that there isn't those kind of superstar players this season? No, for me, not really. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, more of the team we saw last year, how once, you know, who everybody relied on went down and they were kind of able to rally and still be able to make the World Series. I think, you know, this year having that whole – you know, off season to come prepare. Obviously, they did very well in the in the fall games that they had. Just you know, obviously Patrick Murphy's still there. Been there since 1999. Hasn't missed a uh, NCAA regional. Only missed one um, super regional uh, back in uh, 2022. And obviously, it says 2020 because you know they that whole thing got canceled. But you know, Patrick Murphy's still there brought in some very good hires obviously the the transfers that have come in i think um with how it's built and how this team is built now and even though we don't have that those superstar names that you're accustomed to at alabama some of these people i think middle of the season you might be talking about those are the superstars now yeah and and you know with even you know without those superstars i think it it's gonna you know, make a way for a little, perhaps like a deeper, you know, of a team. And, and like you said, Adam, with how they handled kind of the end of last season, losing, you know, their, their superstar, you know, in, in Montana Foutsley in this season, just how they rallied. I'm not – I would not be too worried. Yeah, you know, I, I'd really look for, you know, you mentioned Jayla Torrance, you know, had some fantastic games after uh, Montana Fouts went down and really became somebody who they leaned on very heavily uh, in the postseason, you know, at the end of the year. Um I would really look for someone like her to step up once again to continue to be the kind of uh, veteran leader that they need on this team. You know, you're bringing in a couple new names. Uh, obviously, you know, if you're being named to the the watch list for top player in collegiate softball, I mean, you should be pretty excited about that. Um, I don't think that there's really going to be an issue. I mean, obviously, we'll see as the uh, season comes around. Uh, but I, I would expect, you know, another good season from Alabama softball. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them uh, improve on last year's season as far as uh, losses. You know, I would not expect another 22 loss season if it was me. Uh, but, yeah. you know, let, let's talk about that. So what, what do we think would be some realistic expectations for this team uh, this upcoming season? Where would, you know, what, what do we feel like would be uh, a good performance from this team? Well, for me, you know, I'm 
if we're just going off history of the program, players that are coming back, players that were added, to me, anything less than the Super Regional, is everybody's going to look at it as a failure. It's almost the same problem that you have with Alabama football, even with the new coach coming in. You know, it's like – with him, it's like if he doesn't make the playoff, especially with a 12-team playoff, then people are going to start losing their minds. With softball, um, only missing the one Super Regional. The Super Regional started, I believe, in 2005. Only missing the one back in 2022. And some people, it, it was like, oh, the sky's falling. You know, we, they missed the Super Regional for the first time. You know, I'm not saying you have to make the College World Series, but, you know, you at least need to host a regional and I think make the Supers. Yeah, I do too. I, I I go off the back of that. I mean, um, you know, like you said, Adam. Even with some of these losses, the standard still has to is still kind of there with this with this program. So, I think anything um, anything less than that is is obviously going to be seen as bad. So, um, you know, I, I'll just I'll just kind of agree and, and keep it moving here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honest, honestly, same for me. Um, I would. You'd like to see uh, them improve in the win-loss category a little bit there. Uh, you know, little anything uh, less than 22 losses would probably be fantastic. Um, you know, they finished fifth last year in the SEC. Uh, you know, after going to the SEC tournament as a five seed, um, they ended up playing pretty well. They fall to Tennessee uh, in the semifinals. Um, who ended up winning the SEC tournament that year. So you can't complain too much about that. Um, but, you know, you'd like to see a pretty similar similar performance uh, in the SEC tournament. And, you know, another trip to the Super Regionals would be, um, I think, a success for this team, uh, especially considering the fact that you lost probably one of the best players in the history of your program. So, you know, it's always going to be tough, but um, – Alabama softball has a legacy of excellence for a reason, um, and you would expect to see that upheld uh, next year. Yeah, and even, you know, it's also, you know, you, you, you lose Montana, we've said that multiple times, but also like Allie Shipman and, and some of the other people who were, you know, big time players, but Alabama always seems to be able to kind of like reload, and um, hopefully this season will be successful. Obviously, you said it, February 8th, this Thursday, this upcoming Thursday, the season will start. They will be in Atlanta, so not too far. If anybody can get out to Atlanta, they'll be playing Villanova for one game, Longwood for two games, and then Georgia Tech for two games. The first time at home will be starting February 16th, and I have heard that they have put uh, some new players on the uh, outfield wall, the, you know, the little uh, – how they memorialize some of the the players in history. There's going to be some new names on there. So get out to a game that weekend and see what's up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're going to go to break. Uh, When we come back, we've got kind of an Alabama grab bag of topics, Uh, same as last week, you know, more fallout from the Brad Bohannon scandal from last season. And apparently we got some confirmation on the whole uh, Caden Proctor, uh, Iowa situation. Uh, So we'll be talking that when we come back. WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa.
Welcome back into the low tide, ladies and gentlemen, here on 90.7 The Capstone and streaming live on the Live 365 and TuneIn apps. Nicholas, Joe, Adam, uh, we'll be with you until the top of the hour, and our Grammys coverage will be following us, so that's exciting. Stick around for that. Um, so we got so much, so many things we can talk about. First off, okay, so the NCAA finally came out uh, on the first uh, of this month with their release about the whole Brad Bohannon, Alabama baseball head coach, betting scandal, I, just an absolute disaster. And it's just reading this truly just makes it 10 times funnier. Like, yeah, it's, I really cannot believe some of the stuff that's in here. Yeah, it's I, like, I'm going to be honest. He looks, Brad Bohannon, like it sounded dumb when it first came out like what like how we got caught and then you somehow now seems like dumber and from from this <laughs> like like this was this was an all maybe like an all-time funny thing to read about how he got caught and how this guy you know goes up to this uh this betting company with a hundred thousand dollars and i guess their maximum was 15k or fifteen thousand, and then he goes it's for sure gonna win and then end i quote if only you guys knew what i knew to a sports book person you know when the when the official report came out last year and you know it said uh, suspicious activity and then it was yeah, it was said it was said that oh they saw what was on the text messages so everybody kind of assumed it was like oh they got some really good surveillance footage like they were able to zoom in on this phone see what the message was well the suspicious activity i mean one trying to go up with a hundred thousand they were like no a little lower but the suspicious activity ended up being him saying those things like it's for sure gonna hit guys if you knew what i knew and then it's not the surveillance footage that caught what the text message said he showed the sports book people <laughs> what the text message said and they could easily see who it was from and then uh bohannon um you know show having it in the message you know let me know when it's placed so then i can tell lsu so it's dumb all the way around. Obviously, we saw um, what the punishment has come out to be. And luckily for Alabama and first-year head coach Rob Vaughn with a team that's preseason ranked 19, they will not have to miss the postseason if they are eligible. They, we Alabama got clear of that. So, mm -hmm. And then there's a three-year probation, $5,000 fine, and then for Bohannon, 15 years show cause. But if hired any time during the 15 years, suspended for five full seasons. Could you imagine? Sorry, <laughs> who would, like, year seven, they're like, let's hire him. Yeah. We'll get him <laughs> six years from now. Yeah. I mean, you know, I did the math. So, like, if he was, after the 15 years, if he took a job, he would still be younger than what Nick Saban was when he just retired. But essentially the career's over like he, he would only yeah. have you and know 10 like years maybe who's hiring him yeah because <laughs> yeah. i mean at that point like is there any place that he could go to still stay coaching baseball because it's obviously not going to be in I the mean, ncaa could he go to like an NAIA? well i mean like the little league world series <laughs> needs some coaches <laughs> do they uh, have sports books for that do, uh, uh, yes <laughs> yes they do yes they do this is a trend um you know, the thing that makes this so much worse, okay, right? It's like, you know it's bad. Like, you should not be placing bets basically on your own team. You know, it looks so bad. But then, like, the fact that 
He obviously did not pick a very good uh, co-conspirator uh, to do this with because, like, I, wh- what do you think the the person like at the counter who is like ready to take the bet? I mean, the guy tried to place a hundred thousand dollar wager yeah. on a random Alabama baseball <laughs> game, which is like probably game. got zero like betting action like well, in a long well, time. Here's another thing too, because it's like he's in. Was it Cincinnati? Was that yeah. was that? Where yeah, it was yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like. If it's in Cincinnati, that's one thing. But like, if you were in Vegas, like it's like, oh, you want to blow a hundred thousand? Sure, but it's Cincinnati. Like, that's when yeah. it's, you're trying to place that much here. Not, not something's a lot of high up. Rollers. <laughs> yeah, and so like, then they limit him to, oh, you're only allowed to place fifteen k on it, and then he tries to place additional bets, and they're just like, no. It's just, <sighs> I got a good feeling about Rutgers and Wake Forest. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know true, what he's like. Doing truly an own goal like what what is it that he said like exactly it was like literally like oh this one's gonna hit let me show you these text messages like i mean if only you knew what i knew what what do you think like bohannon's like face looked like when he was like afforded with the evidence of the guy like from the counter who's like oh yeah he told me it was gonna hit and then he showed me the text messages it's just like apparently he like refused to cooperate with he he wouldn't he wouldn't release any of his you know digital devices like he wouldn't basically he's just like look y'all already got enough i'm not gonna help out with this at all (laughs) but well i mean uh, in fairness i think he was already toast but but, you know but, but hey like so let's go to his shoes you know you're in baton rouge right you've already done this but look you've money's a little tight from your couple million dollar salary so what what i've heard you know from from some people like he got in trouble gambling uh before he was even at alabama it was back when he was uh, coaching in kentucky nice um most likely on the uh the horse racing um but anyway the sports racing in Kentucky, they bet, they bet No, no, there. I know, I know. I wasn't questioning that. I was just thinking about, like, uh, Hammer, Hammer Secretariat. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, he's – so apparently like, that's where it all started, right? So now he's at Alabama, and, you know, who knows how good the team uh, – how good their record could have been, like, if none of this was going on. I don't know how many – I don't know how many times he was giving this guy information to place bets, but you've got to think he's done this a few times, right? And so he's sitting there – it's a Baton Rouge. He's told this guy, and then all of a sudden, he probably gets the text message like, "Yeah, you're done." And he, you just got to be. Thinking, he's like, "What did this idiot do?" <laughs> like, and then obviously, once he sees what exactly happened and that the guy showed the text message, like, I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> like, if whatever house he was living in was probably destroyed, you know, throwing some bats, some uh, golf clubs, I would have threw everything. Well, let this be a lesson to uh, anyone who tries to conspire to yeah. place bets on collegiate sporting teams. Maybe Don't. pick somebody who's yeah. not going to completely yeah. spill the beans at the counter. Do you have the name of the company that Alabama has to retain? Um, let's see. Epic Global yep. Solutions. They will be retained Epic. to. They will be retained to basically uh, teach all the uh, coaches and athletes. You know. Don't gamble. <laughs> don't, don't, don't and, gamble. and this is also like uh, pretty soon after we learned about the uh, the Keyshawn Boutte situation with LSU. Oh, don't, <laughs> don't even get me started about yeah. that. That one might be even worse than this. Yeah, what, what was it? His account names was like Keyshawn Boutte 1. Yeah, yeah. And, 
you know, there was a, there was a clip. I don't know if it was the clip from the game that the he placed one of the bets on himself, but there was a clip going around last year of when Jaden Daniels was trying to uh, like console him, right? Because he looks upset, and now everybody's saying that's because he bet that he was going to make the over on his reception yards, and he didn't have a catch uh, in the third quarter. Uh, yeah, so just true head scratcher there. Don't uh, gamble, kids. Yeah, and, pl- and yeah. coaches. Pl- don't <laughs> light your money on fire. And if you're gonna light your money on fire, make sure you're not like you know on a collegiate sports team or the coach of a collegiate yeah, sports yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. If you're not like, make sure you're not involved in a team that you will be betting on. Yeah, just true. Yeah, I, I just can't believe some of this. Stuff. I was I was also surprised they didn't just give Bohannon the the lifetime ban. Like, I'm, essentially, yeah. essentially, his career's over. Yeah, but. Why not just go ahead and be like, hey, it's if, really over. like like you're banned for life. And th- it would also set the precedent like if anybody else, like any other coach, it would be like, yeah, you're completely done. Yeah. So speaking of like incredibly, um, s- incredible self owns, um, the whole Caden Proctor situation with Iowa, where he got on TV and then basically said that basically admitted that Iowa had been tampering. So Iowa self-reported uh, a minor NCAA violation. Big shocker there. Um, yeah. Just a- another cell phone. Yeah, we saw it. He was at the uh, the Iowa uh, basketball game. Also wearing a red hoodie. I don't know why he wasn't already in Iowa gear. But basically tells everybody, you know, hey, when I was struggling, you know, playing against SEC competition and, you know, as a freshman – very understandable, but, you know, he was like, you know, Iowa was uh, keeping that relationship alive, you know, keeping in contact with him, letting him know that he was still welcome there, um, admitting to tampering. He obviously has since transferred to Iowa, and now Iowa has had to self-report to the NCAA. But it's – I believe it was Josh Pate who had uh, put that post where it was like um, three-year – uh, it's like a button, and it's like three-year postseason ban yeah. for anybody with tampering. He's like, nobody would press this. It's like, yeah. So pretty much everybody is like, we know it goes on. Just don't say it in an interview. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, you know, the whole thing with that is like nobody's going to throw the first stone yeah. because everybody's done it. So, you know, col- once again, college football in a very broken state right now where this thing is just like – okay because everybody's doing it and the only way that we're going to get to any sort of sustainable system is if like massive changes are made to college football well did you guys hear about the sec and big 10 yeah the commission right yeah Yeah. so i think uh, nick saban better be in attendance of that thing even though he's retired (laughs) he better be like the head guy over there yeah Yeah, exactly they got somebody who they can appoint to be like another another alliance you know, hmm. as they said, until Florida State joins the SEC. <laughs> and then it's all downhill. Yeah. yeah. Much like the other alliance was. But, yeah, I don't know. It's – yeah, I think we're right. We just – the NCAA has so kind of failed college. How many years let, – let's take bets right now. And, and I'll, like – I'll text it in the group chat in, like, five years when this happens. When do we think – the, that college football just implodes, and the, like the SEC and the Big Ten just strike it out on their own. How many? How many years do we give it? I'm saying three. I give it three seasons before that. It's just because I think we're gonna so, get to when they like. Because I believe the this current playoffs only in place for another year or two, uh, two years, um, and then like when they have to talk about like, you know, what like the automatic spots yeah. or all that stuff like. Well, you know, you know, they're they're already 
having to um, talk about what it's going to be like for the next two years because they had already made an agreement, but now you know the Pac-12 is done. So now it's who are those power conferences that are going to get those you know automatic bids. Um, so they already have to sit down and talk about it in that aspect. And so you would assume that they were already going to be talking about what is next. What is like, are they going to wait until this year's over? And then you're the last year of the playoff before you decide what's going to happen in the future. I don't know. Um, I'm kind of with you, Nick, you know, just, I don't know if they let it get to another, you know, playoff contract before they just go, you know, we're going to do our own thing. Um, but then who who join? Is it just going to be the SEC and the Big Ten? Is it going to be other like power conferences joining them? Um, do they bring any of the Group of Five, or do they stay with the NCAA? Or is the NCAA basically just going to be done completely? I don't know what's going to happen, but um, you know I could see right after the two years, but you know five years at most. So I I, I like your original idea, but five years at most. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what happens in, in those couple of years after the, the playoff um, thing is kind of over but I will say that I I don't know if I give it that short amount of a time because there is still I think a possibility of Florida State and Miami and maybe you know North Carolina or some of the ACC schools maybe trying to join the SEC Clemson you know for example and they've you know there have been a lot of reports about those teams being interested in joining the SEC and they don't really have a lot of financial freedom to to have that type of move right now so I think it might be a little longer like it might be maybe like seven eight years until they can kind of afford to to get out of the ACC um but yeah I don't give it much more than like it's within the next decade for sure yeah I think I think it'll be sooner than a lot of people think it's yeah, think it would it be. Could It'll be next well week. Be. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow the NCAA just explodes when, tomorrow. As soon as we go off the air. So uh, Nick Saban retires and then college football just ends. <laughs> yeah, as, no more, as we no know more college fitting, football. Fitting. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to do it for us here on The Low Tide, folks. Thank you for joining us. Next week, uh, we should be back to our normal time. We that's will, Super we will let everybody we'll know. We will <laughs> let you know, you know, um, yeah. through Twitter, obviously, at yeah. WVUAFM Sports. Um Thank you for joining us. We hope you join us again next week. We want Cody. Thank you. And we want Cody, of course.